0: 63 days without a victory, last Saturday's game against San Jose State was cause for celebration. KJ running it left, he's
1: got a first down, he's got a lot more, 45-50, San Jose State 40, 30, 20, 10, he's going to go, touchdown KJ Hall, a 75-yard touchdown run, and the Cougars make it 20-6. to 6.
0: Tonight. The Cougars travel to Fresno, California, looking to keep momentum against the Bulldogs of Fresno State. Everyone's in a good mood, you know, everyone's excited, because now that we've done that, like, we've seen the progress, and we've seen
2: how much more there could be. So guys are excited, you know, to get back at it this week to to be even better.
0: Even though it was just one victory, BYU heads to Bulldog Stadium, re-energized and ready to begin a winning streak. We know we can win now with that kind of mentality, and having one under our
3: belt, it feels nice, and so hoping we can just build off that and make sure that we continue that kind of mentality.
0: It's time to count you down to kickoff. BYU versus Fresno State on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Live coverage of BYU football begins with the Cougar Countdown Show. The Countdown Show is brought to you by Ken Garf Nissan, Honda and Volkswagen. Proud sponsors of BYU and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard.
4: Good evening, BYU fans. Welcome into the Cougar Countdown Show. Cougars in Fresno, California to take on the Fresno State Bulldogs. My name is Jason Shepard. I'm in our BYU radio studios in Provo. Mark Lyons joins me from Bulldog Stadium in lovely Fresno. And Mark, after a long seven-game stretch, BYU finally picked up the victory last week at home over San Jose State cougars now two and seven it's definitely not the record anyone expected but man getting that second win sure felt nice
5: isn't that the truth you know it was awesome people that i know they're all happy now and they you know they ask me a lot of time what about this what about this and they were all smiles and uh we always say you're never as good as uh you're always as good as your last game and so everybody thinks wow that burden is gone that was awesome so uh i think that everybody just got a little bit of a hop in their step and everything was happy but then then you have to recognize you know as tanner just said Then you got to show more progress today. I think my son was in the second grade somewhere down there, second, third grade. And they had this math sheet that you had to get them all right before you could go on. And he had tried and he had tried. And then he finally got all of them right. And he was so excited and so happy. And the teacher says, now do it in less than two minutes. And so, you know, (laughs) he's going, oh, man, I just got it done right. And and, uh, that's the same thing. You show the improvement. Then you got to do it again, and you got to come out and make some progress. So uh, it's never over until that uh, last hurrah, until the fat lady sings. When we look back on the
4: game last Saturday against San Jose State, certainly the execution was significantly better, on, really in all three phases. Beyond just the execution of plays, what did you notice, if anything, that BYU switched up?
5: Well, my thought was is that there was no fear in their play. I just thought they were playing scared, you know, particularly to East Carolina. Don't make a mistake. Don't goof it up. Don't give them a chance. But uh, when you play with fear, you're always set up for failure. You have to play with more of an attack. You have to have a lot of fun while you're out there, and you can't worry about making a mistake. You just have to go out and play the game. And so uh, I thought the defense was a lot more active this last week, and uh, they were – big part of the holding everything together in the offense certainly came to play. There were lots of big plays, exciting performances. Now, again, we, we know that San Jose isn't the best team in the world, but the execution was good, as you said. The play was good. They performed well, and so in doing so... Uh, I just think that uh, that was the idea, is they played with a little more freedom. Well, an aggressive play was the topic
4: all last week, and we certainly saw that. We saw that on the offensive side. Tanner played well. The receivers made plays. K.J. Hall was an absolute monster on the ground. Uh, Still not sure his status for tonight. Hoping to to get some information on that by the time uh, maybe we talk with uh, with Greg Rubel a little bit later on. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll see on that. Uh, But when you look at all the things that worked well, can BYU duplicate that formula this week?
5: Well, they, they have to, you know. Uh, it's a much tougher opponent today, particularly on the defense, and uh, they need to have that similar execution. They've got to get the ball out there where the guy can catch it, and the, the defender doesn't have a chance. And I don't know. I so I'm here in Fresno, and I watched uh, oh 17 or 18 hours of football today, and Time holy spit, Mark. Yeah, absolutely, has the best day of my life, <laughs> and. These guys are covered, and the ball gets out there where his guy can reach up and catch it, and he does. I mean, some of those things are just uh, the execution is just beyond belief because the quarterback gets it out where the defense can't get to it. But he's right on top of the play. How many times did that happen today? Guys were covered like crazy, and they still make great catches. So that's the one thing. You've got to— Put it out there where your guy can catch it. Uh, You've got the line has to work really hard today. They have to protect uh, Tanner and uh, give him time to find people. When uh, Fresno State plays man-to-man, they're pretty good. When they play zone, they leave a lot of room. So the offensive line has to protect and uh, be able to allow Tanner time to throw the football. And then also, boy, it's going to be hard to run. I was so impressed with Fresno State against Washington. It was their third game of the year. But, man, they just attacked the line of scrimmage, and Washington couldn't run. But they threw the ball really well. In the end, Washington was able to run the football more in the second half. But uh, uh, when when you start this game today, boy, you better have it strapped on, be ready to go, because uh, that front is going to be getting after it. Fresno State coming
4: off a loss to UNLV. Certainly a head-scratcher when you were watching that game and that score from last week. Ironically enough, after tonight, BYU's next opponent is UNLV. We knew this game was probably going to be BYU's toughest remaining game on the schedule. You've mentioned the defense a couple of times and just how stout they are. What else stands out to you about the Bulldogs?
5: Well, I just think that they're really active. They get after it. And I think it would have been better if Fresno State would have beaten UNLV last week. Because I feel that they, man, they did a terrific job against San Diego State. Only gave up three points. They held that great running back to less than 70 yards or something like that. So they were terrific against San Diego State, and they were ready to play. And I think they just decided to show up against UNLV, and that was here at home. The game was tied in the fourth quarter, and uh, 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 Fresno State fumbled the football late in the fourth quarter, and uh, UNLV got a touchdown. And then Fresno State was punting, and they snapped the ball over the punter's head, Gave uh, UNLV another chance to score, and they got the field goal, and that made that 10-point difference. So they uh, were tied in the fourth quarter with UNLV, and UNLV got the breaks in the fourth quarter to win it. I think that uh, they were not ready. When I watched video of uh, that game, man, they were not as active. They just didn't have the same enthusiasm. They just kind of mailed it in, and in doing so, they ended up losing
4: He's Mark Lyons. He is at Bulldog Stadium in Fresno, California. Tonight, the Cougars and Bulldogs battling. BYU looking for two wins in a row. Will they get it? Well, we'll have to wait and see. It's a late kickoff. I believe the kickoff is expected to be at 851. Uh, mountain time. We will see if that gets pushed at all, uh, but it's definitely going to be a late night. So we'll see what happens with BYU and the Bulldogs. Speaking of the Bulldogs, coming up next, we will talk with Paul Leffler. He calls the action on Radio 4, the Fresno State Bulldog football team. We'll hit, listen to him coming up next. The Cougar Countdown Show continues in just a moment on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. Jason Shepard in Provo. Mark Lyons joining me from Fresno, California, side of tonight's game between BYU and the Fresno State Bulldogs. We're also happy to have Paul Leffler, who calls the action for Fresno State, in the broadcast booth with us. Paul, thanks for taking a few minutes tonight. We appreciate it.
6: Hey, my pleasure. Excited about this matchup tonight. And and who knows what's going to happen with what happened last week for both of these clubs, which was a little different from uh, the weeks before. I'm (laughs) excited to see how this one goes down.
4: That's what I was going to ask you about. After such a nice stretch for the Bulldogs, what happened against the Rebels?
6: You know, that's a good question. I I think part of it was just that inevitable letdown that you're going to have with uh, young men of this age. They had such a resounding victory the week before at San Diego State, the two-time defending conference champion, where they just absolutely dominated the line of scrimmage and dominated the game. And I think, you know, maybe subconsciously, they just expected to take care of business against the Rebels. And UNLV came in with a great game plan, played keep away, dominated time of possession, and the Bulldogs in the fourth quarter made some critical mistakes on special teams that ended up swinging the balance to the Rebels.
5: Now, as I watch Fresno State, they're very active up front. Their defensive front is solid, and their linebackers, they, all the tackles are up the middle with the linebackers and safeties. Have people been successful in running against them?
6: Well, it's interesting you ask that. A lot of teams have tried to run on the perimeter, and that hasn't worked because Fresno State has great team speed, and that secondary has played really well in addition to the linebacking core. The middle linebacker, Jeff Allison's had a tremendous season. But what Pat Hill, who does the games with us, has said so many times, he said if a team is ru- a patient running the football, and running straight at them, they might have success. That's exactly what UNLV did last week, and the Rebels combined that with great third-down efficiency. Mm-hmm. You know, They've got some big physical receivers who got right to the sticks and the quarterback who hadn't played that position in a year <laughs> put the ball on the money every time. So it was kind of a perfect storm in that situation. But to answer your question, uh, yes, teams have had success running between the tackles, and maybe some have abandoned it too early.
5: Yeah. I asked this
4: question to Coach Jeff Tedford, and by the way, listeners will hear that interview in its entirety in about an hour from now, but Fresno State's been called one of the surprise teams in college football this season. Are Were you surprised or are you surprised by the team's quick turnaround and, su- and success this year? Uh,
6: yes and no. I'd say yes because it was so bad the last couple of years. I mean, just getting ready for this game, we were reminded of that 52-10 to 10 thumping in Provo where the highlight of the day for us was having uh, the great— Lavelle Edwards come to our booth and hang out because what was happening (laughs) on the field was not fun for anyone from Fresno. Uh, It was really bad the last two years, so to expect it to get this good this soon, I I think did catch some people off guard. But when you see how Jeff Tedford operates, uh, you see his drive to be successful, his attention to detail, and the standard that he demands from his assistants and his players that he adheres to himself. Uh, In that respect, I don't think it is a surprise.
5: Yeah, that hard work part and uh, and some youth, boy great running backs that are that are young and then tell me about the quarterback now he's an oregon state transfer is that right
6: he is so that's it you know a lot of this turnaround has been accomplished with the players he inherited but those are some key recruits both freshman running backs were recruited by tedford and his staff rivers is the son of one of fresno state's all-time great backs who hadn't been offered by the previous staff and he's been in and been tremendous and mcmarion at quarterback has been a, a monumental difference maker you know, they never could have anticipated that happening. But he doesn't win the job at Oregon State since he'd taken care of business in the classroom. He graduated in three years. He's got two years to play. He's from this area, a little town called Dinuba, home of the Emperors, about 40 minutes away from where <laughs> we're sitting emperors. right now.
5: Man, yeah. you got to feel like you're on top of the world if you're the Emperors, right?
6: And when he was there, they did. When yeah. the green and silver are their colors. But uh, wearing this Bulldog red back home, he's really done well. And last week was the first kind of hiccup. He'd been unbeaten as a starter until last week. And in the fourth quarter with the game on the line, he kind of had his poorest results so far. So I think tonight's game against the Cougars is a big opportunity for Marcus McMarion to step up and answer that bell.
4: Paul Leffler, the radio voice of the Fresno State Bulldogs, joining us here on the Cougar Countdown Show. We've talked about the Bulldogs on defense, and they're very good defensively, specifically against the run. You mentioned uh, team speed is one of the biggest reasons why, especially on the edges. What's been the biggest reason why that side of the football has been so successful?
6: Well, you know, that's a tough question, too. I think a lot of it's discipline. Um, You know, the New Mexico game was really a revelation because Fresno State, the last few years, has really struggled against option football teams. And basically because guys tried to do too much, they over-pursued, they didn't stick to their assignments. And in that game, Fresno State was absolutely assignment perfect. Nothing got past them. They shut out the Lobos and really kicked it into gear. Uh, As far as why that's happening, I I think there's an attention to detail, again, from the position coach level. And there's a coordinator who doesn't know what he doesn't know and is very aggressive. You know, he came from Canada. Jeff Tedford had gone (laughs) up against him in Canada and written it down on the list. This guy was a tough defensive coordinator to battle with. So he gave Orlando Steinauer a call. And uh, lo and behold, he comes from the CFL down here to college football in America. And one less defender, but similar results.
5: Yeah, he's got a... Defend four downs now. That would be
6: exactly <laughs> a tough switch. He was really good on third down in Canada, just Yeah. I'll I'll bet. yeah. <laughs>
5: now, Jimmy Camacho, man, he's got some range, uh, he's accurate, he's kicked a ton of field goals so far this year.
6: He has, and he's a tremendous story, a, a great young man. He's actually someone. Who was headed for a professional soccer career, believe it or not. I know you guys uh, know soccer well up in uh, Utah with the Real Salt Lake and all that. Uh, This is a guy who had a developmental contract for Chivas USA, uh, an MLS team. And what happened was his father uh, was stricken with cancer. And so Jimmy, in order to go home and help the family make it, gave up that professional soccer opportunity at that point. So he was a late bloomer as far as football. And he did it kind of as a last resort in the junior college ranks. That's how he ended up here. But he'll tell you he, he takes every kick for his father who's still living, who's in remission and doing well. Oh, good. And uh, and I don't know if soccer's in his future, but the NFL could be because he does have a strong enough leg. We've seen it from 50 in, in practice, close to 60. So, uh, But he's another guy who had a slip-up last week. That was oh. the first kind of moment where Fresno yeah. State went awry was he missed the first extra point of the game.
4: Paul, we've gone over all the things that we like about Fresno State and that they do well. What are the concerns that this coaching staff still has about this team?
6: Well, I think there are a lot of concerns that were raised by last week's performance, and and maybe that's the top one tonight. How resilient is this team, and are there leaders that are ready to step up and lead them to victory tonight and make them bowl eligible, which a lot of people didn't expect going into the year. I think it's a concern with how UNLV dominated the clock and the defense couldn't get off the field last week. For a defense that had dominated in previous weeks, that was uh, a big gut punch and a huge concern going into this game and i think there's concern around the quarterback position with mcmarion because of the way the last game finished what's the tone that he's going to set tonight will he be in control will they take those deep shots that have helped them be an explosive offense this year and will they start clicking again because uh, the worst offense really of the season was in the fourth quarter last week
5: yeah so uh I've been here to Fresno before. You can tell by my age. I've been around a while, but uh, the fans have always been like crazy here. Now, with a couple of tough years, is is it still growing uh, interest in the program, or are they back?
6: You know, it's a tough question to answer. I'm interested to see what the crowd looks like tonight. Well, you're going
5: to get 20,000 Mormons here.
6: Well, we were hoping that, but then I watched the San Jose State game last week, and I couldn't – it didn't look like Lavelle Edwards Stadium. They
5: weren't even at that stadium. Yeah, (laughs) all right.
6: But but they didn't know that yet when they bought tickets to this game probably, right? (laughs) So at least uh, they'll help in that regard. I think they're starting to come back, but I think it's a slow process. You know, and in some ways – This fan base was spoiled by Pat Hill's perennial success. Mm -hmm. You know, you're winning eight or nine games a year and going to a bowl game, but you weren't winning conference championships And that team from up in Boise. He was and was playing in bigger bowl games. So there was some of that envy and probably discontent. Uh, Tim DeRuiter comes in, wins a couple championships. Derek Carr had a big hand in that. And then since then, there hasn't been a lot to cheer about. So people have, I think, left. But they're starting to come back. There's a huge crowd for the opener when Derek's number four was retired here. And, you know, if the Bulldogs win tonight, they've got one more home game against Boise State, which I think would be well attended. But I'm guessing we might have our second best crowd of the year here tonight against the Cubs. Yeah, good.
4: Paul, great stuff. Thank you so much for your time. We'll let you get back and get ready for your broadcast and have a good call tonight.
6: All right, gentlemen. Thanks so much. You too.
4: That's Paul Leffler. He's the radio voice for the Fresno State Bulldogs. Coming up next, we're going to let you hear from Kalani Satake, Ed Lamb, and Tanner Mangum in Cougar Cuts. This is the Cougar Countdown Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons getting you ready for BYU and Fresno State. Before we get to Cougar Cuts, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. KBYU FM, HD2, Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. All right, Mark, time for Cougar Cuts, and we're going to start things off with Tanner Mangum. Last week's win, certainly a much-needed pick-me-up, as we discussed, for the Cougar program, and let's be quite honest, frankly, for the fans as well. While the team played better, Tanner Mangum says there's still room for improvement.
6: We're happy with the result, obviously,
2: and, and the progress, but there's just still so much more to, to be had. So, you know, that's good, though. You know, you, you never want to be satisfied or content, so we're aware that um, we're taking some steps in the right direction. But uh, there's definitely more that can be done. It's a good thing.
4: You know, Mark, we were talking about this to open up the Cougar Countdown show. It is so much better to have things to work on and to improve on when you're coming off of a win. Because yeah. it does show that, yes, what the coaches are telling us to do, if we will actually do it and execute it, it will work.
5: <laughs> yeah. Well, you hope that they think that. Uh, as a coach, I don't know if they ever believed it or not. But... Uh, <laughs> I do think that, uh, yeah, uh, the idea that uh, you can, you win, <laughs> you learn the most from losing because uh, you recognize what you did wrong and how you have to improve. But you can learn from winning. That's the important thing that teams have to know, players have to understand. You can learn from winning. And uh, if you win the football game, that's good. If you still think, oh man, I have to get better, not that, Hey, we had success. We won a football game. Everything's cool now. We're all set. You've got to go out and continue to improve. When you're behind at the start where BYU has been at the beginning of this season, they were not at the level they needed to play that they uh, thought that they were coming out of uh, fall ball. Uh, You've got a lot to make up. And so it has to happen after that victory. Each year has its own set of
4: circumstances. And because of that, teams can rebound from a tough year very quickly. BYU's opponent tonight, Fresno State, is certainly a team that is proving that. Before we went on the air, Mark, you and I were talking about some other college football teams. We mentioned Michigan State last year, a surprise down year. This year, you know, they're right back at it. They just upset number 7 Penn State just a couple of hours ago. So Coach Satake was asked if he takes solace in seeing other teams in
3: college football turn things around in a short period of time. Things can turn around real quickly. You, you, met, you said, I mean, look at Michigan State last year to this year, and even the year before that, you know, you look at all, a lot of different programs that have kind of gone through it. And, and um, um, as a coach, I, I'm the guy that's going to say just be be consistent and, and uh, give the coaches some time, you know, give the head coach some time to, to make it work and establish their culture. But, um, you know, it's an impatient world, and we get it sometimes. That's a profession. So just got to live with it and keep working as hard as you can. It certainly is an
4: impatient world. Everybody wants results right now. And this is definitely an an unexpected season for BYU. But it does not have to be something that continues moving on. And that's what Coach Satake was discussing, was the fact that, that, that we can turn this thing around quickly. And that's obviously what he's looking to do.
5: Yeah and it has to happen again tonight I think you know we are talking about the future and we starting people are starting to pencil in who's going to be back next year who's going to be good next season well, this season is still current. This is still the learning period. This is still the time to show that you are a winner, and you have that opportunity to finish pretty close to five hundred so you don 't have to talk about uh, Michigan state's woes or you know SMU two years ago was 0 and eleven or one and eleven something like that and this year they're they have one loss and the uh, same thing with Central Florida. they were one and eleven last year, and now they 're seven and oh those two guys are playing each other today. And uh, so they have the change. They've made the things that had to happen. They've done the things that had to happen. And uh, BYU does have a tall hill to climb, I think. But you've got athletes that now, if they win and produce and have the satisfaction of finishing the season strong, that's going to be much easier to line them up and say you can beat somebody next year.
4: We've discussed the fact that Fresno State is coming off a loss to UNLV Ed Lamb said that even though the Bulldogs are coming off a disappointing loss to the Rebels, he still has very high praise for this Bulldog football team. From
7: Mm
5: -hmm. an offense, defense, special teams standpoint, they
7: are um, the most sound football team that we've faced. The head coach is an over-20-year head football coaching veteran, professional ranks, college ranks, and
4: you can see that throughout their team. They don't give the game away. They don't take undue risks on defense they're they're pretty basic on defense very sound Uh, they they play aggressively up front but their back end is keeps the ball in front of them does a really good job of that Uh, on the special teams they're kind of the same they made two huge mistakes last week on special teams but they weren't schematic they weren't risk
7: taking um, mistakes it was just a a poor snap on a punt over the punter's head the punt returner dropped one but it wasn't a poor decision that he made to to go and try to catch it they're a team that really you,
4: you have to go in planning to beat in all phases they're not going to just hand the game away by being overly aggressive or taking uh, improper risk-reward type challenges. That's pretty high praise, Mark. The most sound team that BYU will face this year.
5: Yeah. He knows more than I do right now about that, but I do think that uh, they do a terrific job. Uh, You know, their defensive front uh, was as active as anybody I've seen. They played Alabama and gave up, what, 48, I think, to Alabama, 41, and uh, maybe it's 41 to Washington. They played them back-to-back. I thought that was a pretty decent showing. They did a terrific job. Now, the defensive front, they do loop stunt. And they do extant with linebackers. And so when he was saying that the defensive front is a little bit active, they do run a lot of stunts with just the linemen and linemen and linebackers. So, but in the secondary, it's not a lot of corner blitz. There's not a lot of safety. But they uh, do mix up man-to-man, and they play zone, and they make it a hard thing to decide which is it, man or zone. They're, I think they're very solid. Coming
4: up next, it's your chance to ask Lions. If you have a question for Mark Lyons, you can tweet me at jsn shep. Again, at jsn JSNShep. Don't forget, use the hashtag AskLions. That's A-S-K-L-Y-O-N-S. We'll have that coming up. You're listening to Cougar Countdown Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back into the Cougar Countdown Show. My name is Jason Shepherd. I'm in our BYU Radio Studios in Provo, Utah, I'm joined by Mark Lyons, who joins me from Bulldog Stadium, the site of tonight's BYU Fresno State football game. And Mark, it's time to ask lions i've got three questions Already? from cougar fans yeah have where it's it's that time everybody loves this segment <laughs> this is an opportunity for you to ask mark Lyons a question about tonight's football game and the first one comes in from jessica in little rock arkansas never been to little rock but i have been to arkansas it's a beautiful state uh jessica's question is if kj hall is healthy and as of right now we still don't know his status should he be the number one rushing option
5: Yeah, I don't think uh, there's much question about that. He's performed extremely well. He's uh, done a good job. He's that check down receiver and has been able to pick up a lot of yards, making the first guy miss. Um, Terrific run. I was surprised at the speed. You know, he just outran everybody on that 75-yard run last week. So, uh, yeah, he's got the quickness. He's elusive. He's hard to see in a pile. And, uh, boy, but he's fast enough to outrun you to the end zone. So uh, I think he's doing a great job. Now, the place, though, that uh, I think he might have challenges is when he has to pass block against an oncoming linebacker. And uh, his is size just because of is size? a little bit yeah. of a concern, yeah, in that situation.
4: Uh, here's what I know about K.J. Hall. And it's, every time I say this, most people will say, well, look at the opposition he was playing against. But when I look at the games K.J. Hall plays in, the guy picks up chunks of yardage. Every time he touches the ball... It is a chunk that he picks up, and and that impresses me. And so, I mean, you you look at that game after game after game, and I'm just thinking, man, this this guy could, this guy could be the real deal.
5: Yeah, he's a, you know, uh, I was just talking about J.J. Uh, J. Deluigi, and also, um, oh man, who came here to Fresno? Oh, Josh Cazada. Yeah, Cazada. Now, uh, KJ doesn't have the same build as either one of those guys, but he's in the same frame as those two guys, you know, shorter guys. And uh, I thought that both of those guys were really good runners. They were able to pick up the one yard when you need it on third and one, but they are also good enough to get to the edge. So, uh, you know, the fact that uh, maybe he's a little bit smaller doesn't bother me a bit. I think he's a terrific runner. Tyler and Orem ask, "Can you remember a season with this many injuries?" Hmm. Well, no. Uh, to to kind of like important people uh, you know the the uh, the offensive line's done amazingly well to yes, they have. have everybody hang around. That's but the defensive front has been had so many. Their strength was at linebacker at the start of the year, and every one of those linebackers has missed uh, plays has certainly missed games because of injury. And the strength that uh, the defense has is at that linebacker spot. And, man, they're gone. And quarterbacks were in and out. And it was just a challenge. And today, three running backs aren't going to be here. Well, let me see. I have to wait and see if K.J. is going to play tonight. But uh, it's possible that three of your leading running backs are not going to be here today. So uh, in the skilled position Boy, they've really been hit hard, and uh, it's very noticeable in those areas. Fred Warner is one of those players you
4: mentioned, the linebacking core. Uh, We still don't know officially his status, but I did see a tweet of him out on the field stretching. So uh, hopefully that's a good sign. We'll obviously wait to hear uh, something official uh, from head coach. I can give you more than a tweet. Oh, what do you got? Well, I can you, you see, see them, with your own eyes around. I should have <laughs> so. just asked you. I don't need to rely on Twitter. I've got Mark Lyons right there. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Our, our last question comes from Lindsay in Bountiful.
5: How do you think the O-line has held up this year? <laughs> wow. Well, it's been amazing. Uh, remarkable uh, uh, to the point that uh, it concerns me. Uh, I would like to see. (laughs) Because you're just (laughs) waiting for something to happen? No. I would like to see more people have the opportunity to play. And uh, I think that uh, they talk about the depth that they have at the line, and yet uh, they haven't had opportunities to be out there in game situation. See, if you put a guy, if you pull a guy out and put somebody in for him, number one, the guy going in just as one guy, not a platoon And he has to he finds out in a hurry how good he has to be in order to play a football game in a college football game. And so I like the idea of him getting out there, getting beat up a little bit and finding out, man, I got to go to work. You know, I'm a backup in practice. I don't do a whole lot. Uh, If you put him in the game, he finds out, whoa, I, I better get to work. Number two. The guy that's in there is fat and happy because he plays every down. And in practice, he's not too concerned about the guy behind him. But if you put a little competition out there, he starts to think, if I'm going to keep my job, they've just subbed for me. I better get to work and practice. And I think it develops a lot of competition and helps improve the skills of everybody that's out there in that position. And that's interesting because, uh, yeah, I, I would think that, that you would
4: I mean, and I totally understand what you're saying that you know and it goes back to depth and this coaching staff and every coaching staff they want depth on their team but I, I would think that that it would be you would look at it as a positive that this offensive line has held up as much as they as they possibly could that that if you're going to have stability that's certainly one area you would that's want a good it
5: spot yeah Interesting. you're right that way but I also so I found this out as a coach oh uh, man the The defensive coach kept putting in a kid that I thought couldn't play, and I kept looking out there and I said, what's that kid? What's he doing out there? And uh, by three games down the road, that kid's out there making plays. And uh, just because he gets into the football game and understands, wow, I get an idea now where I got to be, Uh, it made a big difference, and so it became part of my philosophy to make sure that you allowed those backups opportunities to play. Not all at once, necessarily, but you put them in one at a time where they don't hurt you a lot, and they get better in a hurry.
4: Thanks to our uh, fans tonight, Jessica, Tyler, and Lindsay, for your questions. Again, if you'd like to Send in questions. You can do it any time during the week. You can tweet me at jsn shep if you have questions for Mark Lyons. Again, use the hashtag AskLyons, A-S-K-L-Y-O-N-S. When we come back, my Shep Talk conversation with freshman tight end Matt Bushman. The Cougar Countdown Show continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons with you tonight. The Cougars taking on Fresno State at Bulldog Stadium. This week's Shep Talk conversation is with BYU tight end Matt Bushman. Now Matt has two touchdown catches on the season. He leads the team in receptions with 31 and second in receiving yards at 304. He's a pretty quiet guy. I appreciated him taking a few minutes this week. Here's Shep Talk with Matt Bushman. But let's get to the important stuff. By the time this interview airs, Halloween will have been over. So what did you go for Halloween?
2: I dressed up as kind of like a lucha libre wrestler, almost like Nacho Libre. Um, So yeah, that'll be... I hope everyone liked the the costume. So what is the inspiration for that? Why that? Honestly, I had no idea. I was planning on possibly a couple's costume, but my girlfriend's team is doing something, so it was just a last minute decision i realized i had a mexican wrestler's mask in my in my baggage in my luggage so that's what i had to pull out now are we uh, are we allowed to mention who your girlfriend is is we, can we talk about that i mean it's we've been dating for 6 months so yeah i think it's fine so you're you're dating emily lewis right. on the women's volleyball team that's that is quite the power couple by the way yeah i guess you could say that pretty uh, <laughs> We're pretty tall also, a pretty tall couple. So let's focus on the football. First of all, I'm super excited to be
4: able to talk to you about a win. I can't imagine how great it is for you as one of the players to be able to be coming off a win after that stretch. What was the feeling when that seven-game losing streak was snapped?
2: I mean, it's just great to go out there. I mean, it's just been a struggle going through having a losing streak. I mean, the adversity, um, the work that goes into every practice and preparation for every game is just... Everyone just wants to win so bad. I mean, no one's given up, and we just work so hard. We we go out there and want to win every single game. But yeah, we definitely had adversity. We've had struggles, and the way we played with just such positive energy. Once we came out fast and scored, and the defense caused turnovers, um, it just brought brought us back to life, kind of. And um, we're just hoping we can have this type of game, this uh, a game similar to this against Fresno State. They're, uh, they're a they're solid team, but we hope that we can make plays and cause a few turnovers, so we can still have positive energy and come out with a win.
4: The word last week heading into that game, everyone was talking about being more aggressive. And, I mean, clearly, as you mentioned, I mean, first offensive play went for 40-plus yards. How exciting was that, not just to be playing aggressively, but, like you said, executing the plays that
2: are being called? Right. I mean, we've had tons of opportunities where execute on big plays, but unfortunately, some of them don't happen, you know. There's... Miscommunication, or we just don't go out and make the play. Um, there's been a lot of dropped balls from from all of us. So, I mean, yeah, that first play, just you're hoping that Jonah's going to go out and catch it, and he did. He, he executed. So once that went on, Mike uh, Leva, um, they made big plays out in there. So, yeah, it was just really exciting. It's now back-to-back games for you getting a, a touchdown catch. How has this season gone for you on a personal level? It's definitely been positive. I think my plan was just to go out and – be a reliable receiver for for our quarterbacks. And if the touchdowns come, the touchdowns come. I mean, that's a, that's a bonus. That's an added bonus. And it's been awesome being able to score a touchdown in front of our, in front of our fans this past week. But yeah, as long as I'm doing my job, I'm happy. I'm just going to keep going out and try to, try to execute the plays and catch the ball.
4: How much can one win help a team? I mean, how much of an impact? Because I think some people may try and downplay that, but I would think that... The way you guys played and, and just the the fact that you guys needed that win, the fact that you got it, I, I've got to th- assume that that could have a pretty
2: big impact for you guys moving forward. yeah, it's definitely a confidence booster showing that we can go out and beat a team pretty pretty handily that we can show that're that we have dom- we can make dominant plays we can I don't think the offensive line let up a sack this game, so it's just definitely a confidence booster, so yeah, it has a huge effect on us. I think our team wasn't crazy. Like we weren't super negative, we'd still work hard, but it's definitely hurts losing. No <laughs> one likes to lose, so it's uh it's a much better feeling this this past week.
4: So I've gotten to know you quite a bit and a lot of it is through baseball actually. And and one of the things obviously that stands you're 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 pretty calm, even keeled guy. So I I'm curious, being a focal point and everybody knowing who you are this year, how have you handled
2: that? I feel like I've tried to just stay the same, be the same person that I am, but I've tried to be a little bit more of a leader during practice and uh, during the games, just when something negative happens, just try to be a positive source so that we keep we can go out and just try to make plays out there. I mean, sometimes when things aren't going our way, it's easy to drop our heads and kind of pout a little bit, but nothing's going to change if we just keep pouting. <laughs> so I just try to be a positive, positive influence. I'm not much of like a vocal leader, but just by... I don't know, being composed or just trying to do my job. Just try to be a leader in that way.
7: Matter of
4: fact, I think the first time you and I met, it, first of all, it was in the BYU baseball dugout. I think you had just had an issue with your car. Your car had died, mm-hmm. and you you had you didn't know what was wrong with you. You were like trying to figure out exactly what was. Do you remember that?
2: Yeah, yeah, that was. Did you ever get your car fixed? By the way, I did. It was the water pump. But... <laughs> I
4: love that you remember.
2: That. It was the water pump. No, I was just confused. I mean. Just hanging out one night and it kind of exploded, so I didn't know, I had no idea what to do. Um, Your car's, I, it's not good when the car parts explode. Right, I had to ask coaches for suggestions, where to go. <laughs> my parents aren't here, it was one of my first weeks here, so luckily we figured that out, and the car's still rolling, still running. It was still same car and everything, you still got it. Nice yep. trucking along. Yep, still going along, the forerunner. Speaking of baseball, what? Do you still have plans once football is completely done this season? Are you going to go back and do baseball, or have you made that decision yet? I haven't made the decision yet. I've kind of told – a lot of people have asked that it's still a 50-50 decision. I mean, I've talked with Coach Littlewood. I'm probably going to meet with him pretty soon in the next couple of weeks, but he told me the final decision doesn't have to be until February. It just depends. I mean, football is a tough sport where there's wear and tear. There's shoulder injuries. There's – I got hit in the ribs. So, I mean, (laughs) it's just – it's hard to know if – My body will even be at 100% or 95% or 85% whenever um, when the baseball season comes around. So I'm hoping that I can. But it's definitely – last year was definitely – it was tough coming up here and just playing two sports and trying to get good grades. It was pretty stressful. So I'm still – um, weighing my options and just trying to figure everything out.
4: All right, Matt. Let's wrap it up with the uh, final four questions. These are the personality questions. So the first one I'm going to ask you: If you could only eat one cereal for the rest of your life, what would it be?
2: I really like cinnamon toast. What is that? Cinnamon, cinnamon toast, toast crunch. crunch. I really like those. But if I could eat only one, I think it'd be honey bunches of oats. It's a pretty good oh, really? option. Yeah. Okay. Nothing. Nothing crazy, but kind of healthy keeps me going for the rest of my life so
4: when you started with the cinnamon toast crunch that's where a lot of guys go a lot so. of guys
2: go but that's a pretty sugary yeah i mean that can hurt you in the in the long run so gotta take <laughs> you gotta think of the health you a smart guy all right who is your favorite disney character this is a tough one i can only think of disney princesses right now but <laughs> tanner mangum said bell i'm just gonna bell? say that yeah so I've i mean been f- it's been said i've been a fan of bell i mean jasmine pretty that's a pretty cool character aladdin i like aladdin Okay. Both, Aladdin and Jasmine, so I'll have to go with that. Okay, nothing wrong with that. When they make your life story into a movie, which actor do you want to play you? Um, I'm trying to think of someone tall. Let's go with, I mean, Brad Pitt. He's a pretty good-looking guy. He's a great actor, so hopefully he'd like to take up my role.
4: <laughs> you know who just said that also Brad Pitt would play him as Kesney it. He said that last week, by the way.
2: <laughs> that might work better for him. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe I'm just wrong. I need to think of a different actor.
4: Brad Pitt, by the way, has been mentioned more than anybody else on this. So high praise for Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. All right, last thing. What is the best part about playing football for BYU?
2: I think the one of the best feelings was scoring a touchdown in front of our fans. But I just love the atmosphere. I love having the opportunity to play for a great team, represent the church, and represent the Lord in this way. So I think that's the best the best thing about this. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it. Good luck this week. Thank you. What happened?
4: All right, BYU tight end Matt Bushman. I'm a big fan of him. It's not just the game; like I said, like you heard in the interview, I had an opportunity to to actually get to know him quite well through baseball and just kind of sitting in the dugout and and just chatting. He's a really quiet guy, yeah. but, but Mark, boy, does he have some skills!
5: You know, that's interesting that he he was so soft spoken and easy going because uh, man, he is he's good. He he's got great hands. He's probably going to put on a little weight, but. Uh, he runs well, catches well, He's a team player. Yeah, all good stuff. Coming up next, we're going to look ahead to Cougar pregame live. We'll also visit with the
4: voice, Greg Rubel, who has had quite the afternoon. That's all coming up next. You're listening to the Cougar Countdown Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. My name is Jason Shepard. I'm in our Provo studios. Mark Lyons joining me from Bulldog Stadium coming up on Cougar Pregame Live. Nate Mickle will join me for Nate's Snoach. And you're also here from Fresno State head coach Jeff Tedford. That's all coming up on Cougar Pregame Live. It's now time to visit with The Voice. It's brought to you each and every week by Harper's Homemade Bread. All natural, homemade fresh, homemade good. Joining us now, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. And for those that do not know Greg, just called a soccer match a couple of hours ago, hopped in the car, followed every speed limit possible. He did not want to get a ticket from John and Punch from the California Highway Patrol, <laughs> but he is in the building ready to go. Congratulations, Greg.
5: Greg uh, just, just did walk into the press box. Still a I know there he's we go. there.
1: Yeah, there was uh, there we go. one dicey moment uh, <laughs> on the drive over. But uh, I slowed down right as the Chip's officer came at me the other way. So I was able to give the impression of staying within the speed limit. But if I drove two and a half hours, those were the 30 seconds in which I was driving according to the speed limit. I hate to put that out there, but uh, deadlines are deadlines. And I had to be in the booth for this moment. And so I got here.
4: Well, and and here's the other thing. I mean. You not only got here, but you got here in not just for this interview. You were here in plenty of time to be able to talk with the head coach of the BYU Cougars, Kalani Satake. You spoke with him a few minutes ago. We look forward to this part of the interview each and every week. Fred Warner, K.J. Hall were players whose status were up in the air for tonight. Did Coach Satake address either of those situations?
1: Yes, he did. And one of the highlights of this day was uh, asking multiple people to direct me to the BYU locker room <laughs> and getting multiple blank stairs. That was a lot of fun as well. So when you're in a hurry and uh, it's, it's raining a little bit and you're sweating a little bit and you've got to get to the BYU locker room to get the man on tape, and I'm getting a lot of, um...
5: Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: that was that was awesome. I know but what yeah. you're
5: talking about. <laughs> but
1: I found my way. That, yeah, this place looks a lot different in the dark. Uh, we've done <laughs> enough games here. I know where I'm going more or less, but uh, it was an adventure getting to the locker room. That's it. Yes, I did talk to Kalani. Uh, Ula Tolutau will miss another game. Uh, K.J. Hall is not expected to play tonight. Uh, Grant Jones, as we know, is done for the year. Fred Warner is going to give it a go. That is the plan as of right now. So the healthy backs BYU has at its disposal uh, tonight uh, would be Braden Elbakry and Squally Canada and Riley Burt and Austin Confensis. And you might even see Braden before you see uh, the, the the quicker tailbacks tonight. We'll see, uh, you know, depending on the play call and the formation. But uh, Brayden Elbakry will be, will be as much in the mix, I'm told, by Kalani as either Riley or Squally. So we'll see who's got a hot hand if that develops. And that's the group. So no Ula tonight, uh, no K.J. Hall. Uh, K.J., the hope was he'd give it, be able to give it a go, but uh, it didn't develop that way. And so don't count on K.J. tonight, but count on those others. And, and the good news is, looks like Fred Warner is going to, going to give it a go. Uh, by midweek, he was still not full go. But I think they measured him, uh, paced him to get to this point in the week with a chance to give BYU a more or less a full complement of plays.
5: Now, you were with the uh, Coach during the week and uh, also in this interview today. Did you feel uh, that he was a little more at ease having had a victory last week? You know... I- Hard to read, huh? Yeah, I mean,
1: because he he's really so so constant in, in his approach and generally fairly optimistic, even in, in in the face of hardship. But he's excited that, uh, in his words, you know, people get to watch us play tonight. Even on, he said, even on the, on, on the East Coast, he thinks people will stay up late to see what BYU has in store tonight with Fresno State, and it'll be a late kick. Uh, locally, seven fifty one with a possible slide to seven fifty six. Which makes it 8:51, 8:56, where Jason is. So it's it's uh, the, the the two last games in the country tonight are that Pac-12 showdown, USC Arizona State, and then the BYU Fresno State. And Fresno State uh, had a, was on a four-game win streak until last week. Uh, you know, they, they follow up the San Diego State win with that loss to UNLV. And so if you can lose at home to UNLV, why can't you lose at home to BYU? Uh, I, I think it's, it's a fairly comparable challenge. And we'll find out how BYU and UNLV match up in six days, of course, Jason. But uh, yeah, Fresno State's coming off, uh, uh, off a mystifying home loss. And I heard Mark on the drive-in, and I was listening to you guys on the drive-in uh, via the, uh, the BYU Cougars app. That was pretty awesome. So uh, I heard Mark say he almost wished that UNLV would have not gotten the win last (laughs) week. Fresno State's attention may be a little sharper now after what happened last Saturday. And, of course, the Bulldogs are one win away from bowl eligibility, and BYU's not yet in that neighborhood. So uh, Fresno State uh, highly motivated, and BYU should be too, but in a different way at this point. Uh, Fresno is just uh, 60 minutes away and a positive result away from getting back to the postseason. For the first time since the 2014 Hawaii Bowl, And, of course, Hawaii is where BYU will end. Its 2017 season remains to be seen if that's the final game BYU will play in the season. But all these things remain to be decided.
4: Greg, of all the things that BYU quote-unquote figured out last week, which do you expect to travel to Fresno
1: tonight and work again? Uh, big plays to uh, to Trinnaman and Hefo. I hope those those remain uh, in the playbook. Uh, I think one thing we've seen the last five quarters of play, at least, is that uh, BYU has the ability to make some plays downfield. Uh, last time Tanner Mangum played Fresno State, by the way, in 2015. Now, different cast of characters. On the BYU side, I will say that a lot of those Fresno State players who lost big in Provo two years ago are back and still catching balls from a new quarterback for them, whereas all of Tanner Mangum's uh, targets are gone. But in that game, he was 24 for 37, three 336, touchdown, no picks. And uh, that, was, that was Tanner at that point. He was, th- he was throwing in the 60s percentage-wise, and, and that's what we expected we would just kind of see from him. And lately, that's what we are seeing from him against two very porous and generous defenses. Fresno State is not ECU. It is neither ECU nor San Jose State. Much, much better defense. And we'll see if that same success can still be there because Tanner's last two games have been among his two best games, certainly since the 2015 season. So I would hope that remains a part of the attack and part of the arsenal, not playing scared, not playing timid, but taking their shots.
4: Greg, great stuff. We appreciate it. Now that you're here, you can kind of relax a little bit uh, and catch your breath. We appreciate you uh, jumping on. As always, we'll hear from you. Mark, great stuff. As always, we'll hear from both of you coming up in you, just chef. a little bit.
1: Thanks. Yeah, sounds good, Jeff. Thanks.
4: You bet. That's Greg Rebell, the voice of the Cougars, Mark Lyons. That's going to do it for the Cougar Countdown Show. Coming up next, it's Cougar Pregame Live. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're tuned into BYU football on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with Cougar Pregame Live. He's going to go! Touchdown! Cougar Pregame Live is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 25 years. Now, let's join your host, Jason Shepard.
4: Welcome into Cougar Pre-Game Live. The BYU Cougars getting ready to face the Fresno State Bulldogs. Coming up in just a few minutes, you'll hear from Jeff Tedford, the head coach of Fresno State. But we always start things off with Nate's Notes, brought to you by Nissan, proud supporter of college athletics. Learn more at ChooseNissan.com. Former Cougar, current sideline reporter Nate Mickle joins me from Bulldog Stadium Nate, how much of what we saw last week against San Jose State when BYU snapped the seven-game losing streak was one game, and how much do you think
7: BYU figured some things out? Well, first of all, I'll just tell you, we're all hoping they figured it out, right? I mean, Tanner <laughs> was slinging it. They got a bunch of yards, put up some points. And Kalani said last week, all going into the game, aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. That's the mindset. And so the hope is that that change in mindset, that change in scheme, is what led to the the win and, and can lead to more wins in the future. Now, of course, it was a bad San Jose State team. But just because you play a bad team doesn't guarantee you're going to win. Uh, you played a bad ECU team and, and made them yeah, look as pretty the good. Yeah, season has so. shown us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they did figure out how to beat a bad team, and, and that's why I'm excited tonight. I'm going to see, we're going to see if they're going to be able to beat a, a pretty good team, a team that, you know, is 5-3, not great, has a bad loss to UNLV, but has a good win over a San Diego State team, and that's what I'm excited for tonight. See if they can get it done here.
4: Depth is always a goal for coaches, and with so many injuries this season, the Cougars have had to rely on a lot of that depth.
7: How do you think the guys who've stepped in this year have done as a, as a whole? Yeah, so I think of, uh, you know, the first guy I think of is K.J. Hall. Now, K.J., he was a guy that was probably going to be getting reps anyway, but as more and more backs went down, K.J., uh, well, K.J. went down early, but then came back, and, man, he was a, he just had a nice game last week and especially good first half. You need, you need a, a running back that can uh, be quick and get through the holes, and, and Ula's a good, strong back, and he's good in short yardage, but uh, Ula's yet to show that he can carry it 20 to 25 times a game, and K.J., uh, was really able to add that little burst, and it, as he was able to show last week on that long touchdown run. So I think K.J. stepped up nicely. Unfortunately, not going to have him uh, tonight. Uh, I think of Michael Shelton. Uh, Michael Shelton's a guy that I've always been high on. He, he's, he reminds me a little bit of uh, kind of in the same mold as Dian Lake, a little bit smaller, uh, but just a playmaker, knows for the ball, uh, kind of like a Brian Logan, Scott Johnson type guy. I like him a lot. He had the nice INT last week. And then the other guy I think of is uh, Morgan Umga. He's a guy that uh, Vic Soto was telling me about a couple years ago. Keep your eye on Morgan, real good player, real athletic. And last week, uh, Morgan led the team in tackles with eight and had a sack. So you've got some young guys stepping up. you still got core guys playing like Fred and Tanner and the offensive line. Uh, but it's always fun to see some of the new guys step up and, and guys like Morgan and Michael Shelton, guys that I think we're going to be seeing more of you know, next season. Did the Mormon Tabernacle Choir uh, fly in for this game? Uh, I was hearing uh, something that sounded like a, uh,
4: a choir a few minutes or a few
7: seconds <laughs> there were, ago. There was, some, there was some beautiful music there on the, it was uh, beautiful. See, on the scoreboard down there. Oh, here we there go. they are yeah, again. Look go. at that, right Wonderful. on cue.
4: Okay, so as we, we, is, is we just talked about it, and Greg had, had let us know a few minutes ago, K.J. Hall's not going to play. Ula Tolatow not going to play tonight. So Austin Cofensis uh, Squally Canada, Riley Burt, those are the guys who will be relied upon for the ground game. What do you think that means? for the Cougar rushing attack.
7: Yeah, I think uh, uh, I think the rushing attack is especially important tonight. BYU last week figured how to realize they really got to let Tanner throw it to get some wins. You got to let Tanner throw it. But this is a better team tonight. And so I'm, I'm really curious to see what the BYU scheme is. If it's okay, we know we got to be aggressive, but we can't be too aggressive because it's a better team. So we still got to play a little more ball control, and we need to get some yards on the ground. And uh, I'm, I'm really going to be paying close attention to the first quarter, what the scheme is. Last week it was throw deep right away, first play of the game. And uh, they kept throwing it all during the first quarter. So I'm watching closely to see if, if they're trying to establish the run with a guy like Squally. Squally had a nice game last week. Squally's Squally shown that he's a good, solid Division one back. And that's where uh, that's where my eyes are early. Last week uh, in the pregame I said, you know, I think BYU's really going to air it out. And Mark said, I think they're going to run it. And they aired it out. And I don't know what they're going to do this week. they got to air it out to some degree. But I just don't know how much they're going to air it out and how much they're going to try to establish the run with Squally. Well, from what you've seen of Fresno State, what kind of opportunities do you think will be there for the offense? Uh, Yeah. Um, You know, the Fresno D, they give up uh, 19 a game. They give up 122 on the ground. They give up 185 through the air. So they don't give up a lot through the air. Uh, But it seems like, uh, yeah, I think you still need to attack with Tanner. Um, The the other thing that this Fresno D has done a really good job at is uh, in the first quarter here at home, they've only given up a total of three points. So even if BYU gets off to a slow start, maybe not be too surprised, just hoping they can pick it up later in the game. How do you think the BYU defense um, matches
4: up against a pretty good Bulldog offense with a, with an impressive quarterback?
7: Yeah, quarterback's playing really well. The offense scores about 30 a game. And the offensive line is, is a really strong point for this team. Number two in the country in terms of giving up tackles for loss. Last week, they didn't give up a tackle for loss at all. It's the first time that's happened in Fresno in several years, five or six years. Uh, only one game this year has Fresno given up two sacks or more, and that was against Alabama. So uh, really strong up front. Uh, I think the BYU D line has has been stout this season, and I expect to be I expect that to be a good matchup up front. And that's another matchup that I'll be watching closely: the Fresno O line versus the BYU D line. Boy, and it's certainly a, a good thing. You know, not sure. Well, obviously, only time will tell
4: on how effective he can be. But man, the fact that Fred Warner's going to give it a go tonight that that's got to give you a
7: a boost defensively. And you think about the linebacking core coming into the season, you know francis bernard all his playmaking ability and and butch was coming back for his full year and and butch has been injured and kind of been in and out and you don't have francis and and fred has been the mainstay uh so really hoping fred can have a nice game for byu they're going to need him uh fred is is easily i mean at this point i think pretty much everybody would agree fred's the best player on the team has the most nfl potential so really hoping he can be effective tonight
4: I'm not sure if you can answer this question, but uh, what do you think it will
7: take for BYU to make it two dubs in a row tonight? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking a couple things. Uh, Fresno quarterback McMarion has 98 straight attempts without throwing an interception. If BYU can get a pick, if Shelton or uh, Diane Gawalek, who's shown a, some ball-hawking abilities, if those guys can get a pick, that would be huge. And I, just th- I think at the end of the day, you, Tanner's going to need to throw. Uh, Like he did a couple years ago. I think he needs to throw for 250, 300. He's averaged 300 the last two games. And if he can hit that number tonight, I think they can come away with another W.
4: Based off of tweets I've been seeing over the last little while, it sounds like there is uh, some rain, at least some mist, uh, in the uh, the greater Fresno area, did you bring your
7: uh, your rain gear for tonight? No, I did not. Um, that's okay. We're in California. It's you know it's going to be sixty five degrees. I got a jacket. It'll be all right. Uh, Look but, at this trooper you know, right here. We're in California. It's it's a great night for a football game. Uh, just you know, couldn't be happier than be here watching this game tonight.
4: Hey, uh, real fast. I, I know that uh, this is the last thing, and I'll let you go. I mean, I know it's still a little early, but uh, what's, what does the crowd look like? How many BYU fans have you seen um, uh, so far? Are, you, are we expecting? Uh, my understanding was uh, probably five to six thousand BYU fans are expected to be
7: there at least. Yeah. So right now, let's see. If I had to estimate how many fans are in the stands, maybe a thousand, and oh, wow. uh, probably half, uh, maybe sixty percent right now are BYU. Um, I see a lot more pockets of blue than red. Of course, that number's going to change. But, yeah, I mean, this area, my cousin's coming. I haven't seen my cousin in, you know, a couple years. She'll be here tonight. They live here in Fresno. A lot of BYU fans from the Central Valley are going to be here tonight and look forward to seeing the crowd. Look at that. You get to to be part of a football broadcast and have a family reunion all wrapped in one. Just like Mark Lyons did. Mark Lyons met up with
4: his brother-in-law yesterday. There we go. We're bringing families together. Nate, great stuff as always. We'll hear you with Greg and Mark coming up in just a little bit. All right, thanks, Chef. You bet. On the other side, my conversation with Fresno State head coach Jeff Tedford. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Jason Shepard with you. Welcome back. It is Cougar Pre-Game Live. We're getting you ready for BYU and Fresno State. It's going to be a late kickoff. Hopefully, maybe you saved some of that uh, Halloween candy from a couple of days ago. You can give yourself a sugar rush. Stay up tonight and listen to the Cougars and the Bulldogs. Before we get to our interview with the head coach of Fresno State, Jeff Tedford, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: KBYUFM
4: HD2 Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. Welcome back into Cougar Pre-Game Live. As I mentioned earlier this week, I talked with the head coach of the Bulldogs, Jeff Tedford. Here's our conversation. All right, coach. this game features two head coaches coaching their alma maters, and we've talked to Coach Satake about this. What does it mean to you to be back at Fresno State?
8: Well, it means a great deal you know when you've when it's your alma mater, you played here you coached here before um, you know there's a lot of pride and tradition that goes along with it um, a lot of former players and coaches that um, that really take pride in. In the university and the football program, and I think if you've been through it before, you kind of understand that. And uh, it's just great to be here. Um, Like I said, there's a great sense of pride that you take in it, and uh, the people here are awesome. And you know, there's familiarity and uh, and what's going on. But I think you know that's really key is having been part of it and understand what the traditions are, and and uh, the excitement around it um, is is very exciting.
4: After four wins in a row, you're coming off a loss to UNLV, and you mentioned after that game it was just way too many mistakes. How surprising was that after such a really good stretch for the football team?
8: Well, it was, you know, it was unlike us. But you, you know, sometimes you run into those things. They were, they were kind of critical mistakes at at bad times, and you know, uh, you have to give UNLV credit; they did a really good job and and you know really kept us off the field. And, you know, we only had the ball three times in the first half and scored on two of them. And then in the second half, only had it once in the third quarter because of a, a fumble punt return and a snap over our punter's head, which really never happens. You know, so it's just one of those nights where, you know, when they're tight football games that uh, those, those mistakes can be critical and, and they prove to be that night.
4: Your team's been called one of the surprises of the college football season. Not necessarily sure if you're surprised by it, but how would you characterize this season for your team thus far?
8: Well, you know, it's I like our team, you know, they work hard and and, you know, are are focused on what's going on, so I've been proud of that. You know, we try to take one week at a time and and, you know, just try to try to work to reach our full potential and so each week's a new challenge, and uh, obviously this week against BYU which we feel is a, a very good football team and kind of hitting their stride with what they did last week and we have a lot of respect for them so um, you know it's it's our opportunity to play this week and we understand that um, you know who we're playing against is a very quality football team and so um, gonna have to put a great week together and, and be ready to go.
4: Well, BYU was on the other side of snapping a streak. They had the seven-game losing streak, snapped to San Jose State. What do you see when you look at this Cougar team?
8: Well, it's, I think it's typical of, of the Cougar teams from the past. I think they're they're physical. They always play physical. They play very hard. Um, with the quarterback back, he he can spread it around the field. He's a very accurate thrower. Um, but They're very well coached. Uh, They play really, really hard. And, you know, I I think their record is really um, misleading because they played a very difficult schedule. And uh, I think they're a quality football team and play really, really hard and fast and, and can make some big plays.
4: Talking with Fresno State head coach Jeff Tedford here on Cougar pregame live back to your team stopping the run something that the Bulldog defense has done a great job at this entire year how pleased are you with the overall play on the defensive side of the football
8: well for the most part you know it's been been pretty good um last week we couldn't really get off the field and that was that was key They were able to kind of sustain some drives and uh you know, so but the guys are playing hard. You know, I, I can't ever uh I don't question their their effort and um you know, so uh they practice hard and they play hard and, and uh gonna definitely need to do that against BYU because they're a very physical football team and uh gonna have to tackle well and, and try to limit the big play with, with the quarterback in their passing game.
4: You've mentioned that the team plays hard. You've mentioned that a couple of times, and the reason it stands out to me is because this last, you know, almost two months, the BYU's been on this losing streak. Coach Satake has always said it's not a matter of this team not playing hard and giving it their all. I would imagine, as a coach, I mean, at, at the end of the day, that's you, you obviously you're trying to get wins. If the kids are giving you all they can, that's that's about all you can ask for, isn't it?
8: It is. And I would I would totally agree with him. Uh watching their team on tape is uh you know, there's not a lack of effort there. They're very physical, they play hard, they run, um, you know, they give great effort. And, you know, if, if your team does that week in and week out, you know, at some point you're you know, you're not always gonna be on the right end of it as play as especially the, the schedule they've played. You know, they played a very difficult schedule. And, you know, like the Utah State game that, you know, things happen there that don't typically happen with seven turnovers, you know. So weeks like that happen from time to time. But um, he's doing a really good job there, Uh, has a team playing hard and and believing what they're doing, and it's evident on film.
4: Minutes or so more with Jeff Tedford, the head coach of the Fresno State Bulldogs. Offensively, um, Marcus McMarion's played well since taking over as quarterback. And regardless of the running back you use, they're picking up yardage. What do you like about the way your offense has performed this year?
8: Well, it's, we really haven't turned the football over, you know, which is which is key. Uh, our two turnovers came last week on special teams, and but being smart with the football is is a big thing, you know, especially for the quarterback to make good decisions and and try to put our team in a position to, to be successful, make uh make good reads and, and when things aren't there to pull it down but not force the ball and but our offensive line I think is, has played uh fairly well and have given our backs some creases and our backs, you know, we've kinda of done it by committee and and you know they've they've worked hard and, and had some success here and there. So um you know, it, it's a it's a total team effort offensively, but I think it really starts with the offensive line that's able to either protect Marcus or create some some space for the running backs.
4: Coach Sataki actually mentioned in his weekly uh, press conference today because of the connection with with Marcus at Oregon State, he knew him a little bit and talked about how great a young man he is. How impressed have you been with him?
8: Yeah, there's no doubt you know, he's a he's a quality guy, and you know, knowing that from Everyone who has known him from Oregon State said the same thing about him, and it's really been true. He's he's really uh, taken to the team very well. The team has a great deal of respect for him, and and has welcomed him, and he's really fit in well. And I think that has a it's a tribute to the type of kid he is. You know, to, to come in here and fit right in, and and be humble and work hard, and uh, he has a great personality, and you know, so hard working guy and he's done a really good job in a short amount of time to to be able to comprehend what we're doing.
4: All right, coach. Last thing for you and I do appreciate the time today. What are those things that you guys are looking at that are just absolutely imperative? You have to get done in order to win on Saturday.
8: Well, I, you know, I think we need to limit the big play in the pass game, and, and you know, it's like any game, really. You know, hopefully win the turnover battle because that's key and everything, and and. Um, you know, hopefully slow down their run a little bit, and which is always difficult to do against them because they're so physical. And, um, you know, there's no difference in any game. You know, yeah. it's, it's win the field position battle and win the turnover battle and convert some third downs and try to take advantage of your opportunities in the red zone if you have them.
4: He's Jeff Tedford. He coaches the Fresno State Bulldogs, Cougars, and Bulldogs coming your way in just a little bit here on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Coach, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. No problem. There we go. Jeff Tedford, the head coach of the Fresno State Bulldogs. When we come back, we'll look at some other scores in college football. Plus, we'll update you on the day from BYU Women's Soccer and BYU Women's Volleyball. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. This is the final segment of Cougar Pre-Game Live. Jason Shepard with you. We're getting you ready for BYU and Fresno State. Let's get you caught up on some other scores going on in college football. We'll start locally. This one is a final from the Mountain West. Utah State on the road at New Mexico. And the Aggies defeating the Lobos 24-10. Lawan Hunt running back for the Aggies. 14 carries, 117 yards, and two touchdowns. The Aggies now 5-5 five and five on the season overall, 3-3. Three Three in the Mountain West. One went away from bowl eligibility. In the Big Sky game going on right now in the third quarter. Nine and a half minutes to go at Southern Utah. Right now, the T Birds leading North Dakota in Cedar City, 27 to 21, and then a final Weber State winning on the road at Eastern Washington by a final score of 28 to 20. Earlier this afternoon, a game that you saw on BYU TV, number 10, BYU Women's Volleyball hosting St. Mary's. The Cougars, after having their winning streak snapped last Friday, had a nice win against Pacific on Thursday hosting the Gales this afternoon. BYU wins 3 to 1. Cougars won the first set 25-15, 25-18, In set number two, St. Mary's won set three, 25-23 in the fourth set. BYU took care of business and won 25-28. 18. And as we were talking with Greg Rubel, he obviously had a very busy afternoon. Uh, he was calling some BYU women's soccer on BYU radio a couple of hours ago. It's the final game for the uh, the Cougars this season. They were on the road at Santa Clara. Unfortunately, things did not go the way of the Cougars. Santa Clara wins this one 4-3. to Michaela Coolahan, one of the three goals. Maddie Lyons-Matthews, in her final game as a Cougar, scores two goals. So, congratulations to uh, the BYU women's soccer team uh, on uh, on a good season. And uh, obviously, looking forward for them coming back next year. That's a wrap for Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up next is the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: It's time to get Coach Kalani Sitake's thoughts on today's game. It's the Cougar Pre-Game Coaches Show, presented by Science Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business.
3: I grew up a big BYU fan. I got to play here, and now I'm the coach. I live every day with a lot of gratitude and just happy in the position that I'm in. Now,
0: let's join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Good evening, Cougar football fans, and for the first time in almost 20 years, welcome inside Bulldog Stadium in Fresno, California, as tonight the BYU Cougars look to keep alive their hopes of winning out, while Fresno State looks for that next win to secure bowl eligibility. Both teams with hopes on the line tonight in one of the last two college football games to be played in this country today, on this first Saturday in November, I'm Greg Grubel. I'm your play-by-play commentator, and with me in the broadcast booth, my longtime on-air partner, my good friend, the former Cougar quarterback, the Arvada Flash, Mark Lyons. And uh, <laughs> Mark, the Cougars uh, may have their September struggles. It's true, but uh, by the time we get to November, BYU has usually figured some things out. Since becoming an FBS independent, BYU is 17 and 4 in the month of November, 16 and 1 versus non-P5s. BYU is currently on a six-game November win streak, which started with a win over well, Fresno that, State in November 2015. The Cougs are 12-1 and in their last 13 November games. Of course, this season's been a rough one so far, but to, traditionally, this is when BYU plays some of its better football. We'll see tonight if the Cougs can come up with one of their better games because Fresno State is the best team I think they'll see this month.
5: I agree. You know, um, BYU got such a big confidence boost last week by playing the, the It's best game of the year. I think that uh, that was probably their best game. Played with more spirit and effort, and it led to the win. So, you know, I think that is a big deal to be on top at the end of a football game, and now they've been able to learn how to do that. You know, you go a long time with losses. You forget how to win. So... The fact that they got that victory last week is uh, really a key to help them today to be able to be on top to the finish of the game. So I, I do think that uh, the Bulldogs are a tough opponent. They're very good on defense. They become the feather-in-the-cap game for BYU now, as you pointed out. Uh, by the way, Greg, even going back to 2005, BYU is 20-3. and before they went independent in November, so they've been good in November all along, and that's the time that you want to kind of be at your best. So uh, last year, Fresno one and eleven. Man, alive! What a turnaround for them! Uh, they have a, a tough defense that's uh, made a big turnaround. The Bulldogs showed how good they can be by holding San Diego State to just three points two weeks ago. So BYU had a season high in rushing last week. And they had a season high in passing and points scored. All of those things, the defense held San Jose below the team average in defense and rushing and passing and points scored. So all of those were real positive. So maybe it is getting ready to play for November to remember how the uh, attitude at BYU wants to keep it rolling tonight, you know, against the seventh state team on the schedule this year. Now that ties the record. You know, but in the in 2012, I think it was. That sounds like a me stat. I know, yeah. and that's why I'm giving it to you. <laughs> in 2012, there is a, an asterisk by this. BYU had on the schedule seven state teams, but played San Diego State in the bowl game. And so that gave them their eighth state opponent in that year. But here we are, tying a record. Well, I tell you what, Greg, it's a late night. If we could see the moon, we would say that it's pretty close to full tonight. It would. I would not rather be any place on earth right now than to be with you in this booth, Nate down on the field talking about BYU football. Greg, my boy, what a great day for a football game. Coming up next, we'll hear
1: from the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sitake. As the Zions Bank Cougar Pre-Game Coaches Show continues live from Fresno, California on the new skin BYU Sports Network. All right, coming up, we've got 2-7, and seven, BYU visiting 5-3, and three, Fresno State. The Bulldogs' four-game win streak was snapped in a stunning home loss to UNLV here last week. Fresno State still maintains a one-game lead atop its division in the Mountain West. All of this after a season in which the bottom dropped out. The Bulldogs went 1-11 yeah. last year. The tail end of a spiral that was reversed with the hiring of veteran head coach and former Fresno State QB Jeff Tedford. Speaking of former head coaches, I walked out of the Fresno State booth yeah. to say hello to my good friend Paul Leffler, who uh, did... a a bit with you guys earlier, and there's Coach Pat Hill, his color guy, and said hello to Coach Hill, and uh, those are some good days with uh, Lavelle taking on first, you know, Coach Sweeney, and then uh, Pat Hill was in the mix too, and uh, so yeah, this feels like uh, it's old home week here at Fresno State.
5: Isn't uh, I shouldn't ask this, but Pat Hill, I think, is married to Ron McBride's sister. That sounds familiar. That sounds like
1: something that is a a fact. Uh, Jeff Tedford, by the way, one of 21 FBS coaches working at his alma mater. We talked with Kalani about that because Kalani is another one of those 21. I spoke with the coach a short time ago, Coach Satake, that is, reflecting on uh, BYU's last visit here uh, when Kalani was a Cougar fullback. He talked about that, and we talked about what it's going to take to get from uh, a streak-busting win last week to two in a row here this week
3: we just doing what we did last week and being consistent. You know, I think... Uh uh, we were aggressive, and we have got to continue that this week, and then uh, see how it works in all three phases.
1: What do you think of Fresno State coming in? Just lost at home to UNLV, but they'd won a bunch in a row before that, including that big win over San Diego State.
3: Yeah, they have a, they have a lot more confidence than, than you'd think. I mean, with even though the loss last week, I think they're feeling confident that they that they're close to getting a bowl game bid, you know, and getting that six wins. Um, so I think well, for us, we have to just focus on what we're trying to do. They're going to come motivated, and, uh, especially after what happened last week losing to UNLV. I think they'll be. Ready ready to 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 come back and answer back what they did last week so um, we have to we have to come back with ours. But we we have some momentum coming on our side. We I think we have a good feel right now with this week and our preparation. So put it all together and see what happens.
1: Their quarterback is an Oregon State transfer, so you have some sense of his abilities.
3: Yeah, I knew Marcus, and he, he did some really good things for us when I was there for that one year. And Coach Tuyaki and I knew him, and, and he's he can run the, he can run really well, and he's protected from what I see with the stats. He's protecting the football pretty good, you know. So he's a he's a good young man, and uh, let's just hope that he has a bad night tonight.
1: A <laughs> <laughs> couple of good go-to guys in uh, Keyshawn Johnson, number three, and Damari Scott, number eight. He looks mostly to those two guys when he's throwing it downfield.
3: Yeah, and they're dynamic guys. A lot of speed and athleticism, so uh, you know, our corners are going to have to be really disciplined in their coverage, and our DBs is going to have to find ways to disrupt their timing on their routes, and uh, our D-line is going to have to get to the quarterback, and hopefully we can get through the four-man rush, but if we need to do things differently, then we'll, we'll find ways to disrupt the timing and disrupt the th- throws.
1: All oh, four running backs they go to are all averaging around five to six yards to carry a good group there.
3: Oh yeah, that's, that's a, a, a Tedford uh, type of offense where they're going to be, really be balanced, have a West Coast style to it, and uh, so I think they're going to try to be balanced and try to establish a run game, but we need to keep them one-sided.
1: You coached against Tedford in the Pac-12. Uh, what are some things that kind of characterize these teams?
3: Well, they take care of the football really well. I mean, that's one thing that he's been focused on and, and uh, they try to establish a line of scrimmage with the run game, so uh, a little bit of old school football here, and so we'll have to we'll have to answer back, and uh, I think I think uh, matches up really well with what we're trying to do as, as far as our identity on offense and defense as well.
1: Another one of those games where uh, it's an alma mater guy coaching against an alma mater guy. You're a BYU guy, and he's a Fresno guy.
3: Yeah, so it'd be it's it's nice. I remember playing here when I was a player a long time ago. You know, so the walk is a lot shorter than it used to be, <laughs> um, and so I, I just remember being hostile. But I, I know they play well at home and. Um, you know, we're going to have to try to find a way to to get this win tonight, and and I have a good feeling about our guys. You played
1: here 19 years ago. It was 1998 that BYU last played here, and you were in that game.
3: Yeah, and, and uh, I think I think uh, I think you put out some stats on that. Obviously, Reno and I should have got yep. the ball more, you know. <laughs> but uh, hopefully, we can make good decisions as coaches uh, in this game and, and get the ball to the right guys and and try to make some big plays. I think that's going to be really big for us on offense is finding ways to make big plays like we did last week.
1: You had three notable injuries in last week's game. Grant mm-hmm. Jones went out, and he'll be gone for good, it looks like. But uh, Fred Warner and KJ Hall, can you update us on their status for this week?
3: Yeah, it doesn't look like we're going to be um, uh, be able to use KJ this week. Hopefully, we can get him next week. Uh, there is a slight hope that, we, that a chance that he can get he can get there and play, but um, I just don't think it's going to work. And then um, we got to keep him protected. And uh, Fred's going to give it a shot, and we'll see how it goes from there. But. Um, fortunate that we can't have KJ, especially after what he's been doing so far. But uh, you know, it's, it's an opportunity for those other guys to step up. And uh, you know, Squally's back, healthy, and so hopefully he and Riley and uh, Kofensis and and Braden, someone can step up and, and take over where where uh, KJ left off.
1: So it's another week without Ula in your backfield.
3: Yes, Ula will not be here as well. So um, you know, like I said, those other guys have an opportunity to to, to shine. And you know, I think uh, KJ did a lot of great things in the one half and. He wasn't able to come back in the second half, and the other guys I thought picked up pretty good in his place. But um, you know, we have to find ways to make some guys miss and and extend some drives and get some big plays on as running backs.
1: It's a war of attrition, but you're still battling.
3: (laughs) Yeah, we just—I mean—thankful that we have this opportunity to represent our our school and our fans, and we have some fans here. You know, being uh, we have a bunch of guys from California, so. Um, just another opportunity for us to get better and to keep the ball rolling from last week and look forward to, to getting out there and competing.
1: Are you impressed by the fact that Fresno was 1-11 last year and here they are trying to get themselves back to a bowl game and one win away?
3: Yeah, and I, I mean that's a that's a huge um, compliment to their coaches and what they're trying to do but um, I, there's there's a lot of teams that I, I look at their years last year compared to what they're doing now. Michigan State I think just beat Penn State so that's, yeah. they, they struggled a little bit last year so you know the the um, our struggles hopefully are over. We can get yeah. this going, and without, you know, we struggled earlier, and then uh, now we have the, some consistency going. So let's try to keep it for two games and, and get a streak. Uh, get a streak going here.
1: Yeah, I mean the difference between a dip year and a good year is not too far sometimes.
3: Yeah, and then the times it comes down just a few plays, especially if it's early and getting momentum on our side get some positive stuff going. So I think that's all we have to focus on this game and keep competing every second that's on that clock.
1: You and uh, USC Arizona State are the last two games in the country tonight. You're playing some late-night football. How are the guys feeling about that?
3: Oh, they're fine. I mean, our guys are just excited to play the game of football, and we're thankful that people will watch us. Uh, We have fans all over the place, and so those way on the East Coast... Uh, They'll stay up. I mean, my have in-laws that will be up and be (laughs) tired in church, and hopefully if they're going to do that, we can give them something to be happy about. Hope you have a great game tonight, Kalani. We'll talk to you afterward. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate it.
1: All right, that is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake and the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. Our preview of BYU and Fresno State rolling on from Fresno after this short break on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Touchdown! He does it again! is just around the corner. You're tuned to the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show. Republic Wireless. Life is better when we're connected. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by your local Utah Honda dealers and by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Now, let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening once again from Bulldog Stadium in Fresno,
1: where the BYU Cougars make their return to the San Joaquin Valley for the first time since BYU and Fresno State were conference colleagues in a football league that has since ceased to exist. The Western Athletic Conference was once upon a time an exciting and power-packed collection of football teams, which have since scattered to leagues around the country, and in BYU's case, gone its own way as an FBS independent. I'm Greg Grubel, joined in our broadcast booth by game analyst Mark Lyons, engineer Barry Squires, spotter Doug Martin, statsman Ralph Sokolowski, and down on the field, we've got Cougar receiver, return man, and... academic all-american. Nate Mickle. Nate reports from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Nate will join us a bit later on. Jason Shepard is our studio host tonight. Our control board operator is Carter Malloy, working a long, long day. And our broadcast intern here in the booth is Tanner Wilkinson. You are tuned in on the new skin BYU Sports Network. We're coast to coast like buttered toast. To Cougar Nation via satellite on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. Locally, we're heard on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM in Salt Lake City. And you can also get us on our BYU Sports Network affiliates in Idaho and Utah. Globally, hear us online via BYURadio.org, BYUCougars.com, KSL.com, and on the BYU Cougars app, the BYU Radio app, the KSL Radio app, radio app the Tune In Radio app. Take your pick wherever you are listening tonight or tomorrow, as the case may already be. We're glad you're along for the broadcast. Well, BYU's last two opponents were among, yes, the most uh, porous defenses in the uh, FBS, but in, in the fourth quarter of the loss at ECU, and essentially all of last week's win over San Jose State, the BYU offense basically did what we hoped it would do this year. The Cougs scored a season-high 41 points last week and have now thrown for 300-plus yards in back-to-back weeks, averaging 500-plus total yards in offense in the process, and now tonight, though, Mark, it's an entirely different challenge. Fresno State is one of the tougher defenses in the country. If the Cougars have figured some things out on offense, they get a chance to really prove it tonight.
5: You're right, my Canadian commentator friend, Greg Rubel. But uh, Fresno State's very active with their front. You know, they have good lateral movement. They're able to make tackles all the way down the line. Their defensive line does run some defensive stunts. They run loops, and they run X stunts with linebackers. They have a good push at the quarterback. So they've only given up eight rushing touchdowns this season. So I think their front is very good at taking up blockers, so their leading tacklers are guys right down the middle. The two linebackers, Jeffrey Allison and George Helmuth, and then the safeties, Juju Hughes and Mike Bell. Right down the middle is where they have all the tackles. So I, I think that's a, a real challenge for BYU. And watching this video, the Fresno State, they're very solid when they play their man-to-man coverage, but they leave a lot of room in front of the safeties when they play in their zone defense. They've only given up nine passes passing TDs this year, though, too. So this is going to be a good test for the BYU offense. The defense can help out by forcing three and outs, of course, creating turnovers and setting up short fields. That's going to help a lot. Alabama scored 41. Washington scored 48. But in the remaining six games, teams average only 10 points against this defense. So BYU's faced a couple of porous defenses in the last couple of games, but today is a good opportunity to show that you have made improvement and be able to move the football against this team. Don't give up on the run, but it's going to be hard early in the game. Before last week when BYU scored 41 against
1: San Jose State, the Cougars were averaging 12 points a game. And 12 points a game is exactly what the Bulldogs allow at home this season in points scored against. More of the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show is coming up after the break. Stay in touch with nationwide smartphone coverage starting at $20 a month. Republic Wireless, better coverage in more places for less money. This is BYU Football, live from Fresno, California, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back inside Bulldog Stadium in Fresno for BYU and Fresno State. 11th all-time meeting in a series tied at 5. BYU won the last meeting, 52-10 in Provo, when the Bulldogs were still on their downhill slide. They're on their way back now and are one win away from bowl eligibility. BYU, meantime, is going week to week just hoping to not lose another key player to injury. Last week, for all the good feelings generated by that 41-20 home win over San Jose State, BYU lost three more players in that game. Another linebacker for the season in Grant Jones. Linebacker Fred Warner was injured and was limited this week. He'll give it a go tonight. To running back K.J. Hall had that breakout first half against the Spartans. Then he was knocked out and will not play tonight. Mark, we've called a lot of seasons together. And never does a year go by without some health hardships of some sort. But I'd be hard-pressed to think of a season like this one. Two quarterbacks, six running backs, three tight ends, at least one wide receiver. They've all missed games due to injury. On the other side of the ball, multiple D linemen, multiple linebackers, multiple DBs lost for multiple games or the season. The Cougars have been decimated, and with the schedule and the inexperienced challenges BYU was already facing, you could say the medical maladies have added injury to insult. In this case, you can't judge this season's performance without acknowledging the significant depth difficulties that have yet to really let up.
5: You have to. You just have, but, you know, injuries are just killers and you play with who's on your team you know you've got these guys that are out there and you've got to play with those people but the number of people missing practices that's the other part of it you know you have guys missing games but when they're injured they're also missing practices when they miss practice they become stale they get in that stagnant position and they aren't improving when they come back to get ready to play you know they just aren't as far along as the rest of the team So it has been more than next man up for BYU. People have had to change positions, in fact, in order to fill the two deep. Uh, The skill people are the most obvious as far as players missing. But uh, this week, the running back is missing three people against one of the toughest run defenses that they're going to face. So BYU does have some real challenges to be able to offset those injuries by getting people... You know, so many times when somebody gets hurt, somebody does step up and play really well. But uh, BYU is facing so many problems; it's hard to deal with. All
1: right, uh, break time, and let's uh, deal with uh, a little time away from us. We'll step away, and as we do, let's get to you. Be the judge. Brought to you by Legally Mind. Legally Mind equals asset protection. Go to legallymindusa.com. Learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Here's today's football rules scenario. A defensive back defending against a legal forward pass beyond the neutral zone has his back to the ball and is waving his arms in the face of an eligible receiver from the opposing team but does not make contact. Is this pass interference? The answer coming up next as the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show continues live from Fresno, California on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Fresno State marching band with our national anthem. Back at Bulldog Stadium here in Fresno, BYU and Fresno State. to meeting here for the fourth time ever in this stadium. The Cougars have won two of the preceding three get-togethers here. Time to get the answer in tonight's NCAA football rules question in you be the judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Here's tonight's rules scenario. A defensive back defending against a legal forward pass beyond the neutral zone has his back to the ball and is waving his arms in the face of an eligible receiver from the opposing team but does not make contact. Is this pass interference? And the ruling is, well, no, it's no foul. There is no foul for defensive pass interference if there is no contact. Rule 7-3-9-letter F physical contact is required to establish interference, so take that face-guarding myth yeah. and toss it out the window. Yeah, it's you, be, gone. you be the judge presented by Legally Mine. The BYU offense was among the least productive in the FBS through seven weeks, but the last two weeks have seen a, a relative renaissance in part because BYU's taking a few more shots, more first-down throws, and more throws downfield while receivers like Micah Simon, Aleva Hifo, and Jonah Triniman have all been making big plays. BYU's actually 35th, so uh, top quarter, let's say nationally, in pass plays of 40-plus yards. And Mark, we saw in his freshman season that uh, Tanner Mangum has the arm to let his guys go make a play. And lately, he's doing more of that. And more than that, he's making accurate long throws. We'd like to see him a little more consistent on the the shorter throws, actually. But, But if Ty Detmer is wanting to open things up, BYU appears to be in a place to make that happen right
5: now. Well, you know, the offense has been much more aggressive, taking more chances, and but gaining more reward. The chance and reward thing has been a reward. That's what you were just talking about. They've had some long plays. That creates confidence in this past game. The receivers are making good plays. You're right. I thought that a couple of years ago, Tanner Mangum did just take a chance, throw the ball up, and those guys would go get it. And uh, this is a little bit like old times for Tanner because he's giving people a chance, but he's being more protective with the football, throwing it away from the defender. I think everyone now trusts him. The receivers, uh, Hefo, Bushman, Trineman, Simon, they're all able to make plays. That confidence makes a big deal. They've had enough success lately to build on, and so they can continue to compete. I say yes, they are in a position now that they're going to be able to be much better in what they're doing in the pass game. And uh, last week's game, Tanner threw for 283 yards, three touchdowns, and uh, against ECU, 319 yards and two TDs. So that's a real positive to build on. Whoa.
1: He says whoa because the skydiver just descended out of the nighttime Whoosh. and landed right on the Bulldog logo at midfield. That's pretty good.
5: Yeah. He came down pretty fast. But had great control. Of course,
1: any time a skydiver doesn't hit the barrier at the end of the end zone, I feel good about things. (laughs) Uh, Just ahead of BYU and Fresno State coming up, we'll hear from Nate Mickle at the field level as our pregame coverage of BYU and Fresno State continues. This is the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show, live from Fresno, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, BYU-Fresno State coming up. A 1-11 program last year, now on the verge of postseason eligibility under new head coach Jeff Tedford, the Bulldogs. Clear illustration of how a new voice, a new scheme, a new mindset can affect significant change in just one year. The Bulldogs pacing for a Mountain West Division Championship, and they are heavy favorites tonight here at home. Mark, both sides of the line, solid for Fresno State. The quarterback, extremely efficient and very mobile. He has big play wideouts, handful of really good backs. This Fresno team, is for real
5: just a year after being really bad. Well, you know, it's the truth, Greg. They had four returning starters on the offensive line, so that's where they're pretty solid. But a new quarterback and those two freshman running backs really give them a boost. So those new players that were coming in have really been a a real positive influence for the rest of the team. The running backs are quite elusive. They're a challenge to tackle, and they also have a, a sophomore and a junior. The three younger players are all pretty much getting equal number of carries, and they're all about five yards a carry. Marcus McMarion, man, he's 148 is his efficiency rating. He's doing a great job completing about 63% of his passes, and his big deal, he's only thrown one interception in the time that he's played. He has five TDs. He's got 98 throws. Seven TD throws, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's only got one interception in the last 98 throws. So uh, I, I'm pretty impressed with their, their game. They do a nice job with their offense.
1: Yep, seven TDs and one pick is all for McMurray five. He's good. Now let's send it down to Nate Mickle from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten, who keeps us in business. And Nate, uh, even though BYU is only two and seven, they do have a motivating objective, and that is win out. They're only, you know, they're, they're one win in, all right, last week. But it would be fun to see what kind of momentum this team could generate with a winning effort here tonight. Certainly, if BYU is good enough to beat Fresno, right, it's good enough to win the remaining games on the schedule.
7: Yeah, exactly. If you win tonight, the next few games, you're feeling pretty good about it. And it changes so much about this season, Greg. Rather than being an all-time bad year, we're talking about a 500-type season that hopefully lays the foundation for a 2018 rebound.
1: That is Nate Mickle at field level. Coming up, we'll have kickoff after we get Marks, Ken Garf, Keys to the game. Then the coin toss and the kick. This has been the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin. BYU Sports Network.